This is the Living Clarity Podcast. I'm Coach Radner, and today we're going to talk about a subject that's coming up a lot in my life, and it's called, You Don't Know Your Type Until You Meet Your Type. In fact, uh, this has been in my mind so much that I'm actually going to write a book on it with that same title. And the reason is because I, I meet a lot of people in, who are in their 30s, 40s, and even 50s who haven't gotten married. And they have a hard time when they get set up with someone, they have a hard time going out with them. Either too fat, too skinny, not the right job, not the right look, whatever it is. And they never they go out with someone because they put up a block. And, you know, I started thinking about this idea when I've, I gave a few classes recently and I asked the audience, I go, anyone here who's married? And, you know, a number of people raised, raised their hand. And I said to them, did the person you marry, were they your type when you, when you started dating? And many of them said, not, not a chance. They weren't even close to their type. And I was thinking to myself that, you know, even my wife, you know, she met me. I wasn't her type. Like, she didn't expect to marry some five foot eight redheaded coin dealer. Like, that wasn't her thing. That wasn't something she was interested in, 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 in dating. But then when she met me, I became her type. So what happened recently, I... Uh, I know a girl, she's in her late 30s, and she's beautiful, a beautiful girl, woman, I should say. She's a beautiful woman, and she wants to get married very badly. Talks about it a lot every time we see her. And in, I teach a lot of classes on dating and marriage, and so sometimes a lot of people come to me for advice. Uh, maybe they need help getting set up. Maybe they want, I'm, not a, I'm not what we call a matchmaker, but I do that because really, I got to tell you, you know, we've had helped a few couples get together. In fact, tonight I'm filming this podcast. There's a wedding I'm not going to. The guy who totally would, he completely gives credit to me. I'm not trying to take credit, but I helped him a lot through the dating process on what to say. In fact, it was one of those situations where, like, we were joking that he should have an earpiece in his ear and I should be, like, in the back room of the restaurant or where his date was, the coffee shop, and telling him what to say because I went through things that he should say on the date. Because, like, you know, he's an introverted guy, he's a sweet, sweet man, but he was very nervous around women. And so I helped him coach him on what to say on the dates and how to act and how to smile and how to how to interact with the, with this woman he's getting married tonight so thank god it's amazing so because of that i i met a guy in one of my classes who wanted to meet with me and we're gonna get back to this woman in the late 30s in a second and so this this older man probably late 70s was divorced and he was taking these classes here at asia torah in jerusalem on Jewish wisdom, personal growth, dating and marriage. And he was really connecting. He actually ended up staying for like a month or two. He came to expect to come for a week. And so he took me to lunch. He goes, can I take you to lunch, coach? I'm like, great. Free lunch, I'll do it. It doesn't take much to make me happy. So we go to lunch, and I said to him, you know, I never thought about this before, but, you know, I have a lot of, I'm on Facebook, and I have a lot of Facebook friends, you know, 1,800 friends. And I said, you should be easy to set up. You're like an older guy. There's a lot of older women who are, widowed or divorced in their 60s and 70s who'd like a you know a partner or companion at that age in the late 70s i mean like you know if he wants to get married that's up to him i'm not going to tell him what to do but uh he was looking for a partner a companion to grow with to, to spiritually grow with also and so i put his picture up on facebook and i got a lot of responses because there are a lot of single women in their 60s and 70s who would like a nice man he's really nice and so I got a call from one of my, and I didn't expect one of my Facebook friends to like say, oh, I want to go out with this guy. Because most of my Facebook friends are probably, you know, younger. You know, there's some people in their 70s. But like, I know that they have a lot of friends. And so when you reach out, use the power of social media to reach out to 1,800 people. 
they might have three or four friends who are, you know, single woman, single in their 60s or 70s. And that could be thousands and thousands of people that he's going to reach. They wouldn't have reached otherwise. So I get a call from a woman. Uh, I guess she's one of my Facebook friends. And she said, can you vouch for this guy? I go, I can't, I don't really know him that well. I can't vouch for him. But I told her about him and, you know, I, you know, don't go on me if this guy could be like a, a psychopath or something. I have no idea. I didn't seem like one, but I'm not going to vouch. I don't, I don't know him that well. I only met him a few times. Been to my classes for a few weeks. Anyway, he got set up with this nice woman, from, uh, and they are now been dating for a long time, and they seem to be a couple. And so when this nice young woman in her 30s who wanted to get married, she kept bugging me about it. Like, do you know anyone? I'm like, you know what? Let me do the same thing with you. Let me go ahead and put you you know, on my Facebook page, and let's see what happens. So I put her up there, and she's beautiful. Of course, I got a lot of responses. And some of the guys I mentioned to her, one of them sure went out with already. You know, she went, didn't like the way that guy looked. And then I, I got met a guy who was in his mid to late 40s. Nothing special looking, but like, you know, fit, trim, not ugly. But the nice thing about this guy is that he had um, a job that he loved. <laughs> and I got some information from him, and I went to forward this information to this woman who I was trying to set up. And the only thing I told her, I said, I found a nice guy. He goes, she goes, can I get a picture? I didn't respond to that. I said, he is a, has a master's in education and he loves his job. He's in the education technology field. He loves his job. And she said something to me that blew me away. She says, not my type. I'm like, what? What do you mean not your type? You haven't seen a picture of him. You know nothing about him. He's in the technology field. He's a, got a master's in education. Now, I'm not, like, so smart. But, like, when I see two words together, master's and education, I'm like, I don't have a master's. That means the guy not only went to school for four years, probably took another three, you know, a few years of school. And it's an education, which means he's educated. I mean, that's, like, half the battle. I mean, like, the guy is not, like, you know, ugly. He's not overweight. Uh, he's got a job that he loves, which is a huge bonus. He's got a job, which is another bonus, and he's got a master's in education. What is going on here? And she said, he's not my type. And I really, I wanted to strangle her. I wanted like, what do you mean he's not? You don't know, know anything about this guy. One thing you know, master's in education, he loves his job. What's going on? What do you mean? How do you know what your type's going to be? How do you know your type until you meet your type? How do you put up a block on this thing? And so... I ended up meeting at this guy. Actually, funny, I met this guy. I, I wanted to vet him because I you know, try to set people up. I'm like, before I said, I kind of want to know them. So I met him out for coffee. And the guy was like pretty cool. I mean, like he met me. He was aware. He offered to buy me a cappuccino. Could I get you a coffee? I'm sure I'll take a cappuccino. What size? Whatever. He was aware. He was very kind. He cleaned up afterwards. He looked at me when he talked to me. He had a lot going for him. And... I said, something's got to be wrong here. I go, you're like a nice-looking guy. I mean, better in person than you are in the pictures. A job you love. And like, what's going on? And if, you know, Les, he needs some tweaking. Everyone needs some tweaking. I, I always say everyone, if you're, if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s and not married, you should be seeing a therapist. I mean, that is a fact. And I said, and he told me that his parents got divorced when he was a teenager. I go, have you ever seen a therapist? Have you ever got, got help for it? He says, no. I said, well, this is the problem. I go, Houston, we have a problem, and it's not a big problem. This could be tweaked. I, I said to him, I said, you are tweakable. I mean, like, I could totally set you up and get you married. This is not a problem. I need mean, a lot going for you. And 
I you need to see somebody. I mean, first of all, you got to have a coach uh, who can be a rabbi, a rebbitzin, a pre, whatever, someone that's going to guide you through life. And you need to see a therapist. And I and I recommended one to him, and he saw and he, and he saw her. I haven't got the data. The I haven't found out from him how it went, but I have another girl I want to set him up with. Because I mean, I mean, really like this guy. There's no reason he shouldn't be married. Because you don't know your type until you meet your type. I mean, I think about the my wife. Like I didn't really know a lot about her before I met her. I ended up meeting her back. We were, we were supposed to get set up. Never happened. I just knew that she was cute and she was short. That's all I really knew. And when I met her, I really liked her. But if I had like heard some things about her before I got set up, I might not have gone out with her because I was immature or whatever. But I met her. I'm like, oh, she's my type. But I didn't know she was my type until I met her. And so this guy that you know I'm trying to set up, who's in his late 40s, this I have this other girl for him, and he said to me recently, he goes, you can send me a picture. And I started thinking about it. And he said, you know what? Because I know if I was in my 20s or 30s, I would want to see someone before we're out with him. But you know what? If I have someone that's guiding me, if I have someone who's got, uh, you know, like wisdom, someone who's not like, someone knows what they're doing, and they're going to set me up, I shouldn't need to see a picture. And the reason why I think it's a detriment to see a picture is that if I send you a picture and you don't like the picture, you're not going to go out with her. Which means you can be missing out on the love of your life. The reason why I'm writing this book, you don't know your type until you meet your type. Because I want everyone to find the love of their life. And I think it's possible if you go into dating realizing that you don't know what your type is because you haven't met your type. I look back at my dating scene, and I remember seeing a picture of a woman. Eh, she wasn't that great, but she was a sister of a brother who I really liked. I'm like, I'll go out with her. She was gorgeous. Didn't work out. I mean, I liked her. She didn't like me. She was gorgeous. Stunning. Picture, nothing. I remember another time I went with a girl. I think through J it was through J-Day, which was an app. I still think it's in existence now. This is before a lot of these dating sites took hold. Was J Day was the first one in my world in my dating world. This is probably back in the 1990s when you had to dial up on the internet. And I remember seeing her picture, and she was gorgeous. And I went out with her, and she wasn't gorgeous. She was my type. She wasn't like the person I wanted to date anyway, no matter what she looked like. But if she was like the person, if she was like my current wife now, I'd date her. She was not bad looking. She just was not as gorgeous as the picture showed. Because there's an idea what I call first date bias. First date bias. So you have nothing else to go on. When you, when you go out with someone on the first date, you have nothing else to go on except what they look like. After a few minutes of getting to know them, which, by the way, you really don't know them very well because you're probably nervous if it's the first date, that the picture doesn't do you justice. Like, if I show you a picture of someone that's gorgeous, you're going to go into the date with high expectations and probably get disappointed. That's the way things work. It's kind of like... Uh, when you hear about, I remember seeing the movie, uh, the uh, musical, uh, one of these big musicals on Hot Broadway, and um, it had great reviews. And I went to see it, and I was disappointed. And the reason was, it was talked up so much. And this is why, if you ever go to the movies, it's best not to read the reviews. Because when you read the reviews, you go in with perceived expectations and you're probably not going to be as happy with the movie than if you went in with, with knowing nothing. Because you're surprised. I remember watching a movie on a plane 
was Madonna and Guy Ritchie. It was called Shipwreck, maybe. It wasn't Castaway. That was with uh, another movie. It was called Shipwrecked. And it got panned. And I didn't know. I watched the movie on the plane. I, I laughed. I thought it was cute. It wasn't a great movie, but I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the movie. It was cute. And then after you know a few days, I was reading the paper and I saw the reviews on it. And it was like one of the, it was one of the worst movies of the year, it was 1999, whenever it came out. And I'm like, well, it's good I didn't read the review before I saw the movie because I wouldn't have watched the movie. It's kind of like dating. If you see the picture before you go on the date, you're going to have preconceived notions of what this person's going to be like, what they look like, what they're going to act like. And you're probably going to be disappointed if they're beautiful pictures. And if they have ugly pictures, you might not go out with them at all. So you're putting a block up in your dating because you don't know your type until you meet your type. No one has a rarely, I want to say it's rare for people to get married where they fit all the boxes of the person they're looking for. I mean, because you don't know. You don't know who you're going to fall in love with. There's so many different kinds of personalities in this world. So many different kinds of people. Even like, you know, people say, I don't go with someone who's heavy. I, get, I tell you, you know, once you've, once you've been married and you're in a passionate relationship, it doesn't matter what they look like. Because you're in love with their soul, not their body, not their looks. I mean, I tell my wife all the time, I don't care what you, I don't care much what you put on. I, she doesn't put on one. She looks great, but, but I, I don't care. She could be 500 pounds. I'm going to love her no matter what because I'm, I love her soul. Not, just, I mean, I love her body too, but I love her soul. I love what's, what's about, I, I love the inner part of her. And that's what makes a passionate relationship because looks only go so far. I mean, Brad Pitt, good looking guy, but he has women in Hollywood who can't stand him. Angela Jolie, beautiful woman. I mean, stunning. She's one of the most beautiful women in the world. Yet they're guys who want to vomit when they see her. They can't stand her. So you have to get past the looks. You have to get, this is why I have an idea, it's called, I call the three-date rule. Three-date rule states that you really need to give someone three chances when you go out with them. Because you don't know someone from one date. This is the Living Clarity Podcast, and I'm here at Faces International here in Jerusalem, where they're taking orders from soldiers, the families of soldiers, and displaced families here in Israel who need lots of supplies, need lots of help. Please donate today to faceinternational.co.il and thank you so much for your support. I remember I was dating, especially someone who, you know, if I saw a picture of her and she was gorgeous, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> and if I'm nervous on the first date, I mean, like, I'm sure women are nervous too. <clears throat> I remember taking to a restaurant and I figured out pretty quickly, like, don't go to any Italian place. No pasta, no pizza. And I'd only order salad because, like, I'm worried, like, whatever I eat is going to spill on my shirt and I'm looking like a slob. I'm not, I'm not the cleanest eater. I'd order salad. No dressing because it's going to get in your collar. No avocados get cut in your teeth. You know, no peppers. No carrot. Basically, just give me some plain lettuce. I mean, if I'm, if I'm like that at a restaurant, are you going to get to know me on the first date? No, there's no way. How do you know me after one day? I mean, people at times I went out with someone with one date, like you don't know someone. That's why the first date bias takes hold. That bias is the better, the better looking they are. The first date bias states the better looking they are, the more likely you're on a second date because that's all you have to go on. I mean, the first date is like, what do you do? What do you go on vacation? Oh, I like the bike. You know, it's like, it's, it's small talk. You have to get to know someone's soul because soul is an acronym. Soul stands for sharing our unlimited love. When you get in a passionate relationship, you know, I have, a, I have a book coming out called Infinite Marriage, The Four Phases of the Loving Relationship. 
and talks about getting to that fourth phase of love, not just the commitment, not just the marriage, but getting to the fourth phase, which what I call never leaving. What I mean by that it doesn't mean like you're never leaving if it's a bad relationship. I mean, it means you get to the point of a relationship where you know that there's someone better looking, someone could connect you more emotionally, someone who's funnier, someone's a better cook, someone's got more money, someone's got bigger muscles, someone who's better in bed, all these different characteristics. There's always someone better than every single one. There always is. You're never going to find the person who's perfect in every aspect of life, of your life. But I re when you realize, when you get to the phase of never leaving, you realize that the person you married isn't perfect, but you realize they're perfect for you. Because really, you know, we think about going to dating. Who do you love the most? Hopefully yourself. Hopefully you have high self-esteem. You love yourself the most. Which means when you put your relationship into a merger, because marriage is about we. Marriage is not about me. It's about we. When you make her part of you, from my perspective, when you make him part of you, you love yourself the most. Therefore, if you make them part of you, you love them. And like I said, looks only go so far. If a person doesn't have a great personality, if a person doesn't connect to your soul, I mean, you might go out with them three, four times because they're good looking, but after that, you're like, okay, I can't see myself marrying this person. Even if they're stunning looking, great body, beautiful. I know it's hard. Like you date people and that, that first, that bias takes over. I know with, with a guy, it's different. A guy will go out, you know, a guy will go out a long time with a woman just because she's good looking. A woman, not so much. He's dating a guy that's, that's a you know, hunk. She'll go out them one or two times and after that. If there's nothing up there, you know, we see, because women and guys, women and men see things differently. Men see women outside in. We look at the outside first, then look at the inside. That's why we can date them for weeks without having any connection to them, emotional connection to them, a soul connection. But women, they, they, look, they look inside first, outside second. Imagine you're at a bar and you're with your best friend. Two guys. And... Um, the guy sees a woman across the bar, and he says, man, that, that, that woman's beautiful. And your friend says to you, oh, that's my cousin. Do you want to meet her? Goes, yeah, and you go over and you meet her. And she's gorgeous, great body, beautiful hair, stunning face, clean, nice skin. And you're like drooling. And you start talking to her, and you realize, you know what? There is nothing there. She is not that smart. And you know what you say to yourself as a guy? Because I probably did this. You say, you know what? She's just pretending to be stupid because she's so hot and so gorgeous that so many guys are going after her. She pretends to be stupid and she's really brilliant. And I'm going to go out with her and she's going to love me and she's going to be, a, you know, like a genius and funny and smart and everything. Like, and you're like, and you go out with her a bunch of times. You finally figure out, no, this is the real woman. I, there's no way I can have a relationship with her beyond just a few dates. And then women, on the other hand, you have two women in the bar. And she sees a guy across the hall, and she says to her friend, that guy's, that guy's a hunk. You go, oh, it's my cousin. You want to meet him? Like, yeah, I'll go meet him. And you go over to the bar, and you start talking to the guy. And the woman realizes that the Porsche light is on, but no one's home. The guy's dumb as dirt. You know, they say body by Nautilus, brains by Fisher-Price. He's just dumb. As a woman, you're not going to go out with him. Not only is he not your type, he's never going to be your type. You just met him. He ain't your type. Well, you can meet a guy as a woman. You can meet a guy who's like average looking, 10 pounds overweight. You know, he's got a decent job. And you start talking to him. You're like, oh my gosh, there's something about this guy that I connect to. 
And the more you go out with him, the better looking he gets. His looks haven't changed. It's your perception of him. Because now you see his soul, not his body, not his face. Same thing with, the, you, know, you, I, you know, I remember dating women who were beautiful. No connection, no soul connection, no emotional connection, no intellectual connection. After two or three times, I'm like, oh, get me out of here. I can't stand this, you know. And they're beautiful. Like, and I, I know the next guy goes, I'm going to marry them. Whatever, that happens sometimes. But they're not for me because they're not my type. I haven't, I haven't met my type yet. You know, there's an idea like, you know, when, when children are little, they have these um, shape sorters. You know, they're plastic or wood, usually made out of wood. And you have square, squares and triangles and circles. You have to fit them into the holes. And kids learn shapes. And that's what happens when you're dating. You're a shape sorter. Shape sorter is what you are. You're trying to find the right person to fit into your life. The person that you think is going to fit the way you live your life. The kind of person you have in your dreams. The problem is you haven't met everybody. So you don't know who's going to fit into your life. So what you need to do is take off that lid of that shape sorter and open up the amount of people that you can fit into your life. And one way you do that is by judging to the good. Understand that everyone's got different personalities, different types. They act differently. And, you know, I, I, I think one of the most important things when you're looking for someone to marry is that you need to marry someone who's emotionally healthy. Obviously, physically healthy is helpful too. But tell you what, I'd rather marry someone who's emotionally healthy and not physically healthy because they could be in the best shape of their life. They can, you know, run, do triathlon, triathlons. But if they're not emotionally healthy, you're going to be a wreck. You're going to be a mess. And you don't want to put yourself in that position. So you meet someone, they're not your type. You want someone tall and they're short. You know, I know guys, you know, who are five foot seven, five foot eight, and they meet, you know, married girls who are five foot eight, five foot nine. They're shorter than the woman. Who cares? I know women who won't go out with guys unless they're taller than them. Who cares? What does it matter if you walk around with a guy who's two inches shorter than you? What does that matter? Think about that. Think about the blocks that people put up before they go out with somebody. Or a guy that won't go with a woman because she's not gorgeous. She's not as tight. I, I remember having a guy came to my house one time. He was 27, 20, he's like 29, I think. Financially successful, did real estate in New York. I remember, this, I remember the talk now. And he said he really wants to get married. And I said, I have this great girl for you. She just came to my house last week. And he says, how old is she? I go, she's 26, I think 25, 26. He goes, no, I can't go out with her. I'm like, what do you mean you can't go out with her? He goes, she's not my type. What are you talking about? You have no idea who this woman is. He says, I only date girls who are 22 or 23. I want to like jump over the table and strangle this guy. I go, you're 29. What do you mean you only date people who are 22 and 23? He goes, I don't find 26-year-olds to be attractive. Again, this made me nuts. I'm like, so you're going to date a 22-year-old, marry her, and four years later, she won't be attractive? He goes, no, by then, I'll be attracted to her. I'm like, you're, that's just ridiculous. People put barriers up to getting married. 
back when I was living in America, there was a guy who I was learning with, and he was in his late 40s. And I said, Tumi, you want to get me a single guy? Never been married. He's financially successful. Has his own business. He goes, I want to get married. And then he stated what he was looking for. She has to be between 32 and 35, five foot four to five foot six, brown hair, blue eyes, great cook, funny, like all these different characteristics he was naming. I'm like, is this guy ever going to get married? No. I go, you've got to open your heart up, baby. I mean, you, you're putting all these blocks up to dating someone. And we, we kept learning together. We kept, this is before I started writing all my marriage and dating books. If I had wisdom, I don't know where it came from. You know, God put some thing in my head. You know, I always knew this even as a little young, young kid, teenager, that I had this ability to, to see into people. I had this ability to judge people. I had this ability to see into people's souls. I, I don't know why that is. But it's helped me, you know, since writing the books and teaching these classes that I can help a lot of people out with their relationships. Some of them relationships have turned out to be great, and some of them, unfortunately, I said, you got to end this relationship. This is not a healthy relationship. So I ended up learning with this guy, and he got married. Thank God he married. Uh, he was, in, I think, over 50 when he got married, and he's now has a, uh, a baby with this woman. She was divorced. She had two other kids. And I can tell you right now that when he was dating, he wasn't going to date a woman who's a redhead with kids that are like, yeah, I think they were like seven and 10 or something at the time he got married. Like, he wasn't going to say that. He would have said no. But I helped him open his heart to realize that you don't know your type until you meet your type. Anyway, I have a lot more to say on this issue. But I want you to know that if you're out in the dating world, you're looking to get married. First clarify, are you, do you really want to get married or are you just looking for someone to look good in your arm? That's the first question to ask yourself. Do I really want to be married? And if you really want to be married, you want to be married to your soul or to a body? Do you want to get married because you want someone just to clean up after you? Hire an English butler. They're a lot cheaper. Relationships take work. Marriage takes work. It's not a merger of two souls. So I highly recommend you getting my book, Infinite Marriage, The Four Phases of Love and Relationship. It should be out in 2024. And coming soon after that, after my book on self-esteem, I'm going to have the book called You Don't Know Your Type Until You Meet Your Type. This is Coach Radner here at Faces International Studio. There's a link before for Faces International. They're helping out families that have been displaced here in Israel. They're helping out soldiers and the families of soldiers who need a lot of help now. Please give generously. This is Coach Radner, and this is the Living and Clarity Podcast. I'll see you next time.